0: No purchase necessary. Void are prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Your neighborhood location. Go to abouttimepub.com. It's Utah Valley Sports. Valley Sports Talk is brought to you by Bout Time Pub and Grub and Vineyard. Find them online at bouttimepub.com. Welcome
1: into Valley Sports Talk. I am Jordan Bianucci, alongside Ronald Weaver third in for Bryce on a football Friday. Man, we have a ton to talk about. We're going to talk BYU-TCU, a little Utah Cal, uh, NFL Week 6, and then we got to talk Phillies-Braves. That was a great game for last night. Phillies uh, taking it, going to the NLCS. They'll take on the Diamondbacks starting Monday night, and then we'll talk a little ALCS. That gets underway Sunday. But uh, a lot to get to. Uh, I want also uh, real quick. We got to talk. Uh, Coach Prime, not a real big fan of late kickoffs. So, <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Pac-12, and uh, he thinks it's going to get better in the Big 12. I'm not so sure. We'll also talk a little uh, UVU men's soccer. They finally uh, they got a win last night, trying to get back on track. Uh, tough start for the Wolverines, but they get a win over Air Force last night. All right. Uh, Ron, let's, uh, well, you know what, let's do this. Let's uh, start off with, we'll make this our opening banter, always brought to you by Body Armor.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, let's begin the show by starting it. Turn it up. It's Bryce's opening banter brought to you by Body Armor.
1: Body Armor is a proud partner with Operation Homefront, a national nonprofit whose mission is to build strong, stable, and secure military families so they can thrive, not simply struggle to get by in the communities that they have worked so hard to protect. In 2023, Body Armor is donating $500,000 to Operation Homefront to help military families. Go to drinkbodyarmor.com slash Operation Homefront to learn how to support those who serve. Okay, so 130, 130 kickoff tomorrow, BYU TCU. This is a tough game to uh, preview. TCU, their quarterback, it's his first collegiate start. It's uh, Josh Hoover, who's going to get in there for uh, Chandler Moore, suffered an MCL sprain uh, last week against Iowa State. Look, ah, man, right now, TCU a six point favorite that's a lot of points. Uh, I like man. I keep going back and forth on this. If BYU can throw the ball, uh, or, or let me change it. If BYU can run the ball, I think BYU wins this game. Ron.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on this. Um, I thought about it a little bit more, and I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say that it's gonna be like the BYU Cincinnati game, but I believe it's gonna be a lot close like that. Um, I don't think it's gonna be a punt fest. I think teams are gonna be able to score points. Uh, you know, Hoover is a pocket quarterback. He stands and He likes to throw. BYU loves that. BYU likes a guy that wants to stand there. They've been getting after the quarterback recently. They've been forcing turnovers. So I think that plays at the strength of their defense. You saw BYU have a little bit of issues in the Cincinnati game against Emory Jones when they weren't able to have a quarterback contain. Granted, Ben Bywaters out the top linebacker has let BYU the last few years in tackles. So it does hurt. But... It's next man up mentality. You have to be able to have guys step in and fill in where they need to. So I think this is a very favorable matchup for BYU in this regard. And I agree. If BYU is able to do what they did last time, and I said this, I said if BYU rushed for 80 yards, that they would win the game. Now, granted, they were right at 80. I think they might have even had like 82. And then they snapped the ball over their uh, head. Paul Miley snapped the ball over Keaton Slovis's head. And then they lost 20 yards on that. But I'm going to take that out, even though the final stat line said they rushed only for like 72. I'm still going to take of like they did what they were supposed to do rushing the football because if if they don't do that, they get points. Maybe they beat Cincinnati by seven or 21 or whatever it is. So um, I definitely think that if BYU can establish a run, if BYU can rush again for 80 to 100 yards, they'll win this game by a touchdown.
1: It's going to be tough. TCU they're uh, they're a good. Run, they have a good run defense. Uh, Not bad at all. If BYU can stop the run, though, I think you're right. And you make that quarterback sit in that pocket, make him throw downfield, then BYU's in a really good spot. Uh, yeah, this is going to, this is going to be a much better game than I think coming into the year, we thought it was going to be. And again, six points with a new quarterback. That's a lot of points to give TCU. Uh, they are at home. But uh, yeah, also look, Keaton Slovis coming off a session with John Beck in Southern California. Man, hey, he's ready. He's ready to go. He uh, flew down there, and I guess he yeah had a little uh, quarterback session with him.
2: He did. Uh, That's what you love to see from your quarterback, and this is why Keaton's a veteran. This is why he is going to be an NFL quarterback. Lots of guys, and not saying it's bad. You know, some of the guys at BYU different married, might have kids. Asked them about their bye week. Some, you know, went back home. Some took trips. Some went to St. George. You know, some posted on social media, which is totally fine. Lots of guys do stuff. I'm pretty sure Keaton had some downtime in California. But that just shows you uh, what your QB1 is doing. During the off week of the bye week, where's he at? Working with John Beck, trying to get better preparing. Because like I told you yesterday off record, and now because we're on record saying it, BYU has to win this game. Mm Why do you say that? The reason why I say that is you can go zero and three in this month, and I really mean that. This Texas Tech team next week or not, and no team BYU's not looking ahead. But next week is BYU's homecoming week against Texas Tech. Texas Tech also has a backup quarterback is playing, and he's playing fantastic right now. He's been able to throw the ball. I don't think he has a turnover yet. He's been very very comfortable. I think he's throwing for four touchdowns and over what, four, four or 500 yards? So you normally don't see that from backups coming up in there and just sling the football and do that. That's why I say this TCU game doesn't matter because Max, uh, Max Duggan did the same thing. He came in as a backup when, you know, Channel went down last year, mm-hmm. and what happened? Took, took him to the national championship, he never saw the field again, and then guess what? Got drafted by the by backup to the Chargers. I mean, so it, I think that's why this is... A must-win game for BYU is you don't want to play with fire. TCU and Texas Tech, because at the end of the month, you're playing Texas. You saw what happened when Oklahoma played them was a shootout.
1: You got Oklahoma and Texas on yeah. the back end. Yep. So you need these kind of games. Yep. If you, you need these two. Oh, if you if you look, BYU fans, if you win this game and you're five and one, you're, you're going to bowl. There's yeah, absolutely. No way. There's no way you're not.
2: You win these next two, you're bowl eligible. It's
1: a what a start. That I mean, if you win this game, right? That's a uh, that overachieving. That's overachieving. Yeah. I had I know a lot of people. Bryce had uh, BYU at seven wins before the season. I had him at six. At 6-6, that's what I agree with you. Yeah, so look, uh, already it's been a great start for BYU. Here's my worry. The games BYU has won, they've benefited from a lot of unforced errors from the opposition. So I'm waiting to see a complete performance from the Cougars where the— Opposition hasn't beat, beaten themselves in some ways. Yeah, because that Cincinnati game is a lot closer. We talked about it yesterday. So you don't have the pick six and the Absolutely. left punt.
2: Absolutely. And if you're Cincinnati, I know Scott Satterfield's just banging his head because the the pick six. You know those things happen. You can overcome that. What you can overcome, we've talked about this, is multiple turnovers. Because you've seen it. You've seen, and I'm not trying to compare the two programs, but you've seen Alabama or Georgia. You've seen South Carolina. You've seen Arkansas in the past. LSU have a turnover, Notre Dame's, and win the game. 100% 100% is the way possible. Which can't have is multiple. Pick six, okay, you can't have the muff punt. Like, you can't do that. And I think the reason why BYU has not necessarily, not just the opposition making mistakes, I think because they've been better than their opponents in all three phases of the game. Sure, the offense may have not have been as better, but as a complete whole... Uh, BYU is going BYU is going to outbeat you on special teams because Marcus McKenzie right now is one of the best gunners in in college football. He gets down the field so quick. He ran I think a 101 in high school along with his brother, you know, state champ Play a uh, running track. He gets down the field and he's able to make tackles. Like even in the Cincinnati game, they were double teaming specifically, still was making tackles. Still able to get calls, you know, one of those mup punts and get down there with Austin Riggs, who's a long snapper who recovered it. And then along with that as well, Ryan Rico. He is the yeah. FBS punt leader with forty seven point two yards.
1: This guy's unbelievable. He flips
2: the field. Yeah. So it does if BYU is doesn't get out of their own thirty, not worried about it. You mm-hmm. know why? Kid's gonna hit a sixty yard point and pin you in your own twenty. Mm-hmm. You're at midfield, right? Oh, you're throwing 40. They can't get out of it. Gonna pin you inside your own five. I think he had three, two or three punts against the Cincinnati, um, Cincinnati's team where he pinned them inside the five.
1: Yeah, yeah. The well, Here's what I want to see from BYU. Just run the ball. Just be semi— so
2: That's what all fans want to see. It's, well, yeah.
1: But just be semi-successful running the ball because— TCU gives up the fourth most passing yards in the conference. Absolutely. So if you can ju- if you can just establish the run, you don't have to get 4 yards a carry. Give me 2 or 3 yards a carry just so Slovis can sit back there and throw downfield because if you can do that, BYU I think is going to win this game. Uh, just just get yeah, just establish the run a little bit. You don't have to dominate the trenches. But give me two, give me three yards of three yards of carry, two and a half yards of carry. Make them respect the run, and I think BYU can win this game. How worried are you about BYU's? Because we don't know much about this quarterback. How are you, What are you thinking about the pass defense for BYU?
2: Pass defense hasn't really been tested. I still feel like this year. Um I mean, Cincinnati probably, I said, had one of the best receivers in the conference. They don't have the best, I think, receiving core. TCU has some guys that can go catch the football. I think BOU be tested a little bit more, but I think TCU, in order to do that, BOU and they, they've been really good on the ground. TCU's going to try to run the football. They're going to try to pound the football. They have a very good running back, NFL running back, and i paying for the future. He can run the football very, very well. I think that's where TCU is going to try to make its bread and butter. But I believe if. If you take that away and you just try to pass, I don't think it's going to work. Like, BYU has three big 12 defensive backs. Jacob Robinson, fantastic. Eddie Heckert, who they said, hey, do it at the P5 level, has been playing fantastic. I know he's been nicked a little bit, but still, almost even had an interception in that Cincinnati game. And then Camden Garrett. Like, all three, all of BYU starting three DBs, three cornerbacks in that DB room have have at least one interception. Yeah
1: how uh, i look TCU we've had we've seen this for the last couple of months was uh they kind of limited ticket sales cuz they don't want BYU taking over oh well we, it's,
2: it's, like i said yesterday i'm not going to get into what i said yesterday but you you don't want BYU fans showing up no you
1: don't how many BYU fans are going is it going to be a big uh, contingent Cougar i think fans? so i think I, so too i
2: think so too i mean texas is just i mean i've talked i talked about this yesterday if you were listening if you, you didn't you can go back and listen um download the espn 960 app and uh, listen to valley sports and i said that BYU fans you know with the brand and the church people travel well Texas is a very big population of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and BYU fans in general. Especially Dallas. Absolutely Dallas, 100%. When we went to the Big 12 Conference, I can't tell you how much love of people hitting you on social media, people saying, hey, can you stop by, other stuff. like There's a lot of fans out there. I think it's going to be a good turnout, but there's a reason people want to limit ticket sales, absolutely. Like there's a reason teams if they are hosting a neutral site game and they have the tickets, they want to limit it. You don't want to see blue in the stands yeah. cuz they will show up and they will change the momentum.
1: Yeah, they know they absolutely will. The uh so yeah, one thirty kickoff BYU TCU. I'm hoping this is just a gritty close game cuz I want to see this rivalry renewed. I want to see this become a real rivalry year in and year out with BYU and TCU. All right. Uh, last night, man, I was watching. So we had the I had the Phillies and Braves game on the uh, big TV. Yes, got uh, on the computer. Got Ram or uh, Chiefs, uh, Denver, and that I I was done with that at halftime. You got the Mahomes jersey on. I like it. Yes, morning. I didn't uh, know. <laughs> and then. But then I'm going. I didn't even real. I forgot this game was on. We forgot to talk about it yesterday. Houston, West Virginia. We looked at that and was like, that's trash. Why we're not going? Well, we,
2: we, we, what, what did we say yesterday? We thought West Virginia would do
1: what? Not lose. Not lose. Blow them out. We, we talked yesterday about West Virginia being the third best team in the conference. The- not.
2: Yeah, I want to see what your article says next week. That's oh not going to be the case. Oh,
1: the Big 12, Damn, man. Lose to Houston, man. It's Texas and Oklahoma and everybody else. The so last night if you didn't see it, Houston led the whole game. And uh there was about 13 seconds left and West Virginia they were I mean they were backed up. They were near midfield. Really backed up. Yeah. They uh but anyway, they throw a little uh kind of like a slant across the it middle. Slant,
2: slant over the middle.
1: Mm-hmm. Guy <laughs> Yeah, guy breaks it for a touchdown. West Virginia takes the lead, and uh, yeah, he was- Blanc, blown coverage. They were they were supposed to be. And a cover two
2: somehow it turned into a cover one zero and I don't know how you do that. No, it was Long coverage.
1: It was brutal because that Houston head coach he's on the hot seat and you just you felt for him and so you thought, well, man, West Virginia is going to escape here. Well, they got a unsportsmanlike kind of celebration penalty after the touchdown. Stupid! So, you
2: can't get those at the end of the I, game, man.
1: I don't even know what he did to get it. I didn't even see it. Um,
2: one guy took off his helmet. I know that. <laughs> And then just excessive celebrating, like you can't do that.
1: Uh, Game's yeah. not over yet. No, man. So then they're so then they take the penalty on the kickoff. So they kind of squib it a little line drive kick. They get the ball out to midfield, a little little like maybe the forty seven yard line, something like that. And then uh, so they have one play, like something like six seconds, four seconds left, and uh, so one hail mary, and this happened.
3: Donovan has still hit 15 in a row. Let's see if he can get to 16, Spencer. 15 pass completions in a row. This will be his last, and it's football game. If he can
2: get it off to the end zone,
1: tipped, and
2: he caught it. Let's it. touchdown! He's Holy Toledo! Step on! Jackson oh. does it again!
1: Hail <laughs> Mary tipped, got it. Houston wins. Unbelievable! All year, Houston, Houston has been—I mean, they've been worse than Baylor. They—they have been absolutely dreadful. They beat West Virginia on a hail mary. Uh, I'll tell you what—the Big Twelve is not a great conference this year, but it's a hell of a lot of fun, Ron. It's a lot of fun. I I keep
2: telling people, people, when I made the hot take that if BYU somehow through October, you know, it'd be. Six and one, six and two, and people are like, What do you mean they could finish nine and three or be two? two? <laughs> I was so, one of those guys. Like, I was like, w- w- Ron, you're w- freaking wait, crazy. No, 100%. You heard that, <laughs> yeah. I know, because I got text messages from people like, Why are you saying it? And the reason why I said that was specifically because this is what the Big 12 has done. You, you see, oh, this should be a, and I'm not going to say it's easy because we talked about this basketball physical. It's going to be night and night out. But this is a game that West Virginia should have won, and now. You're hearing that play call, you know. By the way, great um, play call by, um, you know, those on the call last night. I believe it was Spencer Tillman uh, that had the call, and then um, Solomon from. Yeah, so it was, anyway, I'll get the name stated, But shout out them, great call, uh, play, uh, call in the game yesterday. You just hit a holy Toledo, like he, I, they and I. You love to hear that from play by play guys and the announcers because they're shocked as well. Like that shouldn't happen in a game where West Virginia is supposed to be now five and one. Tied with Texas for second in conference. Well, not even tied for second in conference. Supposed to be tied with the overall record, but supposed to be second now in conference, you know, taking a second place spot. Now they're in third, gonna drop obviously in your rankings, and now they're four and two overall, two and one. And that just opened the door because if you look at the standings right now, Kansas is two and one, five and one overall. You got Texas Tech, who is two and one, three and three overall, Iowa State, um, you know, who they still have to have still have to play. Who's two and one? You got BYU one and one who plays TCU four and one overall. Like the conference is wide open. I keep saying it. Like obviously we know that it's gonna come down between Oklahoma and Texas, but right now,
1: but the rest of the, but field. the rest
2: of exactly the rest of the field. You want to take Oklahoma and Texas out? Field's wide open. I mean, obviously you're gonna say Kansas is a favorite. You're still probably gonna put West Virginia up there because one loss doesn't determine that. But yeah, I I think right now if you had to pick three teams, depending what happens tomorrow with BYU, but if BYU wins tomorrow. Then I'm going to say that third, fourth, fifth spot is between West Virginia, Kansas, and BYU.
1: Yeah, and before look, I, I we just said that. I said I thought you were nuts before the uh, season, but man, BYU could they could finish third in <laughs> this Honestly, that, that's that's insane. If you, I mean, that that really is.
2: And I didn't get a chance to fact check it. I want to go back and I need to get it for the rest of our data so I could post it on the ESPN960Sports.com website. But I've looked at like a couple of the incoming Big Twelve coaches, eight and four records. Starting off, Dave Mm -hmm. Aranda went 10-2 to the Big 12 championship. So new incoming coaches recently in the past, at least we're talking about like took over a program and then entered the conference, you know. They have have done very, very well. And you see that right now, you know. And, I mean, shout out to Houston. They're the second new incoming team to finally get a win in conference play. I know people thought that. There's a reason they picked those four to finish in the bottom. Well, not to pick those four. Those who picked... Cincinnati to finish over BYU I'm just shaking my head like (laughs) you can't pick a new coach coming into a new system with a whole new quarterback and other stuff and just expect him he could win I just think it's very difficult so um I mean long season still only a third of the way through we'll know more by the end of October but right now BYU is sitting currently in what seventh so (laughs) They're going to finish above eleven. I can tell you that.
1: Yeah. Well, look, the season in a way starts tomorrow. Second half of the year, it's going to be zero really, and zero. That's how I look at it. Exactly. It's going to be really interesting.
2: Very. If they, but if they, if they beat Texas Tech, if they beat TCU tomorrow, which I believe they will, give score predictions later. Uh, a lot of things are going to change. It is.
1: There are. All right, let's take a break. We're going to come back on the other side. We're going to uh, do our Pac-12 power rankings just prior to uh, Saturday's matchups. Uh, this is Jordan Bianucci and Ronald Weaver the third in for Bryce on Valley Sports Talk on ESPN 960.
3: And of the Pac-12 conference as we know it. Who will be the final king of the Pac-12 conference? Here are the Pac-12 power rankings
2: on ESPN 960.
1: All right, let's do it. Valley Sports Talk on ESPN 960. Jordan Bianucci and Ronald Weaver the third in four. Bryce on a Football Friday. We're going to do our Pac 12 uh, Power Rankings here, just ahead of a big slate on Saturday. The go, the big one, obviously, Oregon Washington. That's just going to be a fantastic game. We talk about it every week. It's a bummer, man. Pac 12 going away uh, because this season's been unbelievable uh, for this conference. All right, let's get into it. I'm going to start. We're going to start at the bottom. I got uh, Stanford at 12. Look, every week we, uh, Bryce and I and Bill Riley, we write our articles. We power rank Pac 12. You can check it out on ESPN 700 Sports. Great articles,
2: by the way. Thank (laughs) you, guys. Fantastic. Great work.
1: Thank you, Ron. Thank you very much. You know, we're looking for that kind of feedback. Uh, Stanford at 12. This is how bad I put this in the article. This is how bad it is for Stanford right now. In the uh, San Francisco Chronicle, I believe it was John Shea, their columnist. He uh, he called. He thought Stanford. You know what? Let's just drop the program at this point. He's and he's serious. This was wow. not like a facetious article. He uh, so sad. Yeah. Go. He, look. He put it this way. He goes. You're going into the ACC. You don't really use the transfer portal. And you don't. And you don't use NIL. You don't. You're not going to compete in the Pac-12. So or in the Pac-12 rather in uh, the ACC. Yeah, in the ACC. In just in the Power Four, whatever it will be. Yeah. Without the NIL. Without Using the transfer portal, it's not going to happen for for Stanford. So I have them at twelve. I have uh, Cal at eleven. Cal scored a lot of points against Oregon State, but uh, dropped it in Berkeley. They take on Utah tomorrow one one thirty start as well. Calman look I don't know what I know I mean I know what to make of them now but they played Auburn tough first game of the season and since then it's not been uh, it's not been good for the Bears so we'll give you a p- our pick coming up in the Bryces right for Cal Utah but I have them at 11 I have Arizona State at 10 uh, Arizona State you don't know what to really make of them they've looked good at times but uh, not great they have a bye, I believe this week so we won't see them at uh, nine I have Colorado. And they're a little bit all over the place. I think we're seeing that Colorado is just, they're okay. They're okay. They beat Arizona State in a close game last week. They have, uh, who do they have this week? They have Stanford tonight, actually, in, uh, in Boulder. So, and that's par- that late kickoff Prime I was
2: talking about. Exactly. We'll, we'll get to get that. To that, later
1: that. Yeah. Prime not, uh, not happy with the late, late kickoffs. Um, Arizona, yeah, too, good thing he's not coaching at BYU because that's, uh, that's, we're almost exclusively late kickoffs right now. Uh, I have Arizona at eight. Man, Arizona played USC so tough. We talked about that game yesterday, but that's how good this conference is, is I would normally Arizona. I'd have them up there, man. They should have beaten USC, but, uh, this is a deep conference. So I have them at eight. I have Wazoo at seven. Uh, Wazoo this week. They have, uh, who do they have? Arizona. So that will be a really good game up in Pullman. And then I have UCLA at six. They beat Wazoo in the Rose Bowl last week. And then our top five, here we go. I have Utah at five because Utah without a, they just don't have a quarterback right now. Yep. So I don't know what to, you know. Yep. 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 They better, you hope Cam Rising gets healthy before USC next week because you're not winning that game with Nate Johnson. I just don't think you are at QB. Uh, they have Cal, obviously, tomorrow. I think they'll take care of business there. I have USC at four, man. The defense, if they had any kind of defense, they would easily be top two in my rankings. I don't know how you feel about it, Ron. But yeah, SC, just no defense right now.
2: Yeah, SC, and, and I mean, it's always been that way. No defense. Last year, that's what happened in the Pac-12 game. Utah's defense just showed up and made them pay yeah. for forcing turnovers. USC's never really had a defense, so no. I'm not surprised.
1: And... We have USC our producer Martin Kelly, the big Irish fan. We have USC and Notre Dame. Martin, I'm going to bring you in here. Right now, what do we have here? The line on USC minus Notre three. Dame -3 for Notre Dame. Notre Dame as the favorite. Yeah. I don't know, Martin, how do you Good feel? Line. How do you feel about that?
3: Well, considering I've been a long-time Notre Dame fan, I've seen Notre Dame beat USC in good fashions. I've seen USC beat us in good fashions as well. I remember last year it was in USC. It was not close. It was a Saturday night football game. It wasn't fun to watch. Um, this year they're supposed to be better with Sam Hartman, still the same old slow-paced offense I've always watched with Notre Dame, run the ball, throw it to the tight end, throw it to wide receiver two. That's pretty much it um i see this one going down as close and i see notre dame losing they never have a good shot against any of the top 25 teams it's a disaster it's a disappointment every single season i get my hopes up for nothing (laughs) but i always will be an irish fan no matter what this year won't be any different usc will come in forget about rain sleet snow whatever the weather is going to be like usc will pull off a way to win this game in an ugly fashion I see USC winning by at least a touchdown.
1: That, wow! Thank you, Martin. That's that. That is a quintessential Irish it's a great take. breakdown. Same thing every year. It's garbage. <laughs>
3: Garbage! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! He didn't say not garbage. garbage right? Okay, yeah, d- just disappointing me in, in the sense that well, dis- a dis- school disappointment that for has Notre such Dame a high respect of athletics holds 100%. academic standards above athletics and doesn't want to stay out of its own football way when it should be a national powerhouse team, winning national championships every single year, being the top tier teams, and instead they would rather worry about their high GPA academics and showing the school that they're you know top tier academics. It's all right, academics come before athletics, but when teams do that, they Suffering the athletics,
1: it's not no, wrong. He's not wrong. Uh, you seen it at BYU? Yeah, yeah. Well, in BYU, man, yeah, BYU, they have it's tough. I mean, we could get into that. And the reason why I can that.
2: say BYU is Notre Dame and BYU both are religious universities to a degree. Yeah, yeah. And when you want to put other things above athletics, which they've been clear about to a degree, mm-hmm. and if you read between the lines, you're gonna suffer.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, look at Stanford.
2: Very much have suffered.
1: Yeah. They're, Big time, exactly. Yeah, exactly. The then and then you have schools like look, Michigan, where look, that's a really great academic institution. Great
2: academic institution.
1: They're making look, Michigan fans are. My girlfriend's from Michigan, and so I hear Michigan takes constantly. Michigan fans think that the they call it the they're a minor Ivy. First of all, no. No. But, second of <laughs> Sorry, all... Sorry, I shouldn't laugh you, like that, but no, no. No, You're not. No, you're not. Second of all, uh, with Harbaugh there, you're making some concessions to get some guys into school.
2: Absolutely. You 100% are.
1: That's what they did at Stanford when Harbaugh was there. Yes. And now they don't do that anymore. Exactly. And you see how it's going.
2: Yes, like... the. I'm t- i I get tired of when people say, "Oh, well, this such and such showed up. We're gonna stay how we always do." Unless you're a private institute like really BYU, you know, or Notre Dame, where things are not really gonna change. You're gonna stay the same how mm-hmm. they always have stayed. Where a coach goes, he can change anything. I mean, let's keep it real. You saw we call it air raid at USC. You see, the same way the ball was being thrown in the air at USC, it was thrown at Oklahoma. Look who Lincoln Riley had a quarterback. Baker Mayfield looked like a dog in college.
1: Yeah,
2: What does he look like now in the NFL? Kyler Murray, same thing. Like, fantastic throw of the football in college. What has he done in the NFL? You see it. He has proven it. He he has taken guys, I'm not going to say average, but guys who are four-star, maybe five-star guys that can play at these schools, and he has made them look fantastic. Look at Jalen Hurts. I'm just saying, like, the man has been able to coach great quarterbacks, you know, who have gone to the NFL. So it's just, it shows you, it. it it's really where a coach goes. Like, the minute Lincoln Riley, that game they lost to Oklahoma, and I saw that he had signed, that it came out that he signed with USC, I was like, Jackson Dart will be in the portal. Give it a week.
1: Yeah. Give yeah. it a week. I was like, give <laughs> it a week.
2: I was like, give it a week. And then three days later, reports, Caleb Williams is in Los Angeles, and Jackson Dart had went into the portal the day before.
1: Oh, yeah. I know. Uh, I'm with you. All right, let's go to top 3 here. I have Oregon State at 3. I like Oregon State, man. You really do? I like Oregon State. I uh, I'm iffy on this cuz they did lose at UCLA, but uh I'm sticking with them at uh or excuse me, they didn't lose. They it, play UCLA tomorrow. Play UCLA tomorrow, excuse me. I yeah, I I just like them. They're they're a fun team and also I'm rooting for Wazoo and Oregon State in this final year in the Pac-12 for obvious reasons. Top two, obviously. Here we go. Oregon two, Washington one. We're gonna find out who's better tomorrow. What I mean, we can pick this game during the braces, right? But this is the uh this is the Pac twelve matchup we've been waiting for. Washington is legitimately I think they could be a top four team in the country.
2: I agree with you. I think Washington with Michael Penix and potentially a potential Heisman winner, with the way they're playing right now. I got Washington beating Oregon. Um and I, w- I would love to see what Washington's able to do because Washington, if you take away injuries last year, I think they'd have been top four in the Pac-12. Yeah. So I-, I definitely think they're going to win the Pac-12 this year. Uh, they were the sleeper, especially with Cam Rising being hurt. Now, I've ca- healthy Cam Rising got a different story, but that's not the situation. So um, Washington is also my number one. Um, I got Oregon actually at three. Um, I got USC at two, and then I got Oregon State at four, and then I have Utah at five, UCLA at six, Wazoo at seven, Arizona at eight, Colorado at nine, Cal at ten, Arizona State at eleven, and then Stanford at twelve.
0: Okay.
2: Uh, Arizona State's just so bad, man. Uh, it's just it, like they Jacob Conover, the transfer from BYU, went to Arizona, yeah. had opportunity to play, did not play well. Mm-hmm. Like, just to, they got the guy. Uh, what is it? I think it's I don't, I, I don't know if it's Brett. Pine or Brett Payne or whatever the mm-hmm. guy that transferred from Notre oh, Dame
1: yeah.
2: it, it not played well all the way like they just no one has played well there no and it's just it's very unfortunate because I believe those are two good quarterbacks no. you just haven't guys just haven't played well and you know obviously Stanford we don't really have to get into it. I'm not going to bag on Stanford enough Cal has been very competitive they've been competitive all of their games even if they can't close it out mm-hmm. the reason why I have Colorado at nine and not eight um, is because Colorado's defense is terrible. Yeah, it's just almost as bad as UFC's, if not worse. Like they both struggle. Shadour Sanders and Dion are going to put points up regardless of who they play. If
1: Colorado had a defense I think
2: they're a top five. Well, team. that's what you heard Prime say, This is you get us?" Because you know what I'm doing next year. You know I'm coming, <laughs> and I think Prime, that's why you also wanted to go to Texas because Prime knows. Like Prime has the number one defensive back from the the number one defensive back from the 2023 class. Call Money McLean, and he has a number two defensive back from the 2022 class on his team right now. And he just had the 2025 number one recruit come to his, like that, that, that's why. And I'm going to say this I'm going to call out, I'm going to call out Dan Lanning. You're a crybaby. Mm. Like, he did it, it exactly the right thing to pump up his team. But to get it put on television like that, to, to say all what you said, you're just upset because you know if the Pac 12 were to stay around. Which is not, that guy came in and he's taking your recruits. Yeah. He is. You're mad. And I understand I would be too if I was a coach. He's taking the guys you are giving golfers to because they're going to go play for Prime.
1: You're, look, Oregon is the—you could say USC—but Oregon is flashier than USC. It's, Absolutely, it's the flashy Absolutely. brand. in the Pac-12, and it's not anymore.
2: And it's not anymore. You're right, and that's what no. You want you want to hear some crazy mm-hmm. Jordan? No one cares what type of jerseys you're wearing. <laughs> <laughs> Their jerseys that they're wearing, fantastic, man. They're beautiful. Would love to play in those if you're. But no one cares now. Yeah. They Everybody's don't. doing it. Everybody's doing it. No one cares. Like we see people wearing pink outs for soccer games. We see people wearing their all but no one cares. You're it. It worked when Marcus Mariota and them were playing. People mm. loved it back in 2000, you know, 11, 12, 13 No one cares now, mm. and that's the thing. He had to fire a couple of people. He made a bad couple of coaching decisions. So he's probably frustrated with himself. And you want to know something? You can get mad at Coach Prime all you want. Guess what? You and him have the same number of Pac-12 championships. Zero. Yeah. Zero buddy. So that's why I have Oregon number three. I still believe USC with how dominant they are offensively, you just can't you have to take them seriously and Notre Dame will, but just with it's like the Chiefs. <laughs> when you got Caleb Williams back there, quarterback, yeah. you, you have a chance. Until uh-huh. until someone else has proven that you can't, that's how it is. And they obviously got proven in the bowl game in Utah last year going for it. But like other than that, so, yeah, so I got Washington, USC, then I have Oregon. I think Oregon's very competitive. Then Oregon State, then Utah. Cam Rising comes back and play. We'll adjust that, but I think that's your top five for now. Uh, UCLA and Wazoo are sleepers, though.
1: Well, look at I'm looking at Washington's schedule real quick here. You have Oregon, obviously, tomorrow. Yep. Then you have ASU, Stanford. Listen to the back end of this schedule at SC, home against Utah. At Oregon State, home against Washington Man. State. Man. That's brutal.
2: Tough, man. So, That's a tough schedule on the if, back end.
1: If you're a Utah fan and you don't have rising back quite yet... You still got a chance, man. You do. These Pac 12 teams are not going undefeated. No. There may be, they all may have two losses. Yeah. Because, I mean, that is a brutal back end of the schedule for Washington. So tomorrow's huge for them because, for both of those teams. Because let's look, let's go look, take a look at Oregon's back end here. So they have Utah's a, Utah's a tough one. They do. They have Utah. I'm pulling it up here. Okay. So they, have... Yeah at Washington, and then next week, Washington State, not a gimme at all, then Utah in Salt Lake City, Cal, USC, mm-hmm. Arizona State, and then Oregon State.
2: Yeah, have got, got three L's potentially on this list. Yeah,
1: and, but that's if you're Oregon and you lose tomorrow, you do have an easier back end just because the, you don't have Utah, Oregon State, and SCL, like back-to-back. Yeah, you, to back. see,
2: you see us at home, you get Oregon State. On the road, which will be easy, and then you get Oregon State at home as well.
1: Yeah, and, and also Oregon State. Look, that's the rivalry game. Anything can
2: happen. A hundred percent, absolutely. And I mean, you saw it happen last year. Went up there and got got beat.
1: Yeah, you think Oregon State doesn't want to beat Oregon a little more this year?
2: Oh, and they have a better quarterback this year. Yeah. We got a better quarterback, hundred percent. DJ Ugongalo is playing fantastic. Shows that it was is Dabo and uh, Clemson. Hate to hate to rag on them, but you know I was like, oh, it's the player. You sure? Mm-hmm. Sure, because right now it doesn't look like it's the player. <laughs> it doesn't look like it's the player. It looks like it's the program and the coach. But yeah, no. Um, and you know and the sucky part. This is the reason why I had Oregon at three, and I didn't want to put Oregon State above them. Oregon State has to prove a little bit more. But the big reason is that Oregon fumbles the bag, man. They fumbled the bag in that Oregon State game. They were up. I think it was by seventeen going into the fourth quarter, and I think within a four minute span they were down. Yeah. I think it was, I think it was, I don't know if it was a fumble, pick six, or whatever, quick touchdown, and like four to six minutes. Like I looked, I'm like, oh, Oregon's got in the bag. It's gonna be Oregon, USC. Like I said, I'm gonna get my money's worth of Vegas. You know, <laughs> I put that down. I l- I look up, come back, and Oregon State's up and is winning the game thirty four twenty one. I'm like, what? What just occurred? Yeah. <laughs> but that's but that's why. You know, like Bo Nix is, he's a very good quarterback. He is an NFL quarterback, but he does not sometimes show up in the biggest moments. No. And you're going to see tomorrow.
1: We'll see. Guy has a billboard in Times Square. Better show up.
2: Yeah, he uh, he can have that billboard, but I think Michael Penix and crew got something for that. Yeah,
1: that's going to be also playing up at Washington at uh, Husky Stadium. That's going to be Good luck with that one, wild, then. man. It's going to be loud. Uh, let's take a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk Braves-Phillies, maybe a little ALCS. Great game last night with the Braves and the Phillies. Uh, Braves won 104 games this year, and uh, yeah, they go out in four games in the Division Series. Tough way to end it. We'll talk about that. Talk about uh, the Phillies, man. Red Hot. Uh, You're listening to Valley Sports Talk on ESPN 960.
2: Valley Sports Talk with Bryce Larson returns right now on ESPN 960. Get in on the conversation by sending in your thoughts on today's show via open mic submission on the ESPN 960 app.
1: Welcome back, Jordan Bianucci and Ronald Weaver III in for Bryce on a Big Football Friday. Just a reminder, Valley Sports Talk, always brought to you by Ruby's Inn. Adventure awaits at the gates of Bryce Canyon. Get 20% off your next stay at Ruby's Inn. To save 20%, visit rubysinn.com slash 960. It is a football Friday, but we got to get to some baseball. Last night, Braves-Phillies, Game 4. Look, I wanted to see the Braves win this one just because I wanted to see a Game 5. This has been a a really entertaining series. Uh, The Braves, man, look, uh, the best slugging percentage Team-wise, in the history of the game, they've been playing this game since like 1860, so that's pretty impressive. (laughs) And uh, the Braves scored one run again last night. One run. That's look. The Phillies deserve to move on, man. I know everyone we were talking about. Look, you win 104 games and you got to sit out a week. That it's not fair. You get cold. Uh, That may be true, but if you hold the Braves to one run. in most of those games, I got to look up because they how many runs they scored total in that series. But yeah, you deserve to move on. Unbelievable pitching from Philadelphia uh, through starters and the bullpen run. It, uh, it was impressive.
2: It definitely was. Uh, just to give you that, looking at it, they scored a total of seven runs in the series. Wow. That's what it was, and the only win they had was the five four win on Monday night,
1: and they bar- they, they I mean,
2: barely won that. That's what I said; they should have been swept. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, they uh, not good for the Atlanta Braves. But yeah, pitching was fantastic uh, last night. The way you look at it, very very close ball game. But yeah, this is the second time. Looking at it, uh, the Braves won the World Series back in 2021, as we know, and that was good because Ronald Cleaner Jr. tore his ACL, which is very unfortunate. So I was very happy that they were able to do that. You always want to go out there and win for your MVP, the guy. He's had an incredible season. He did something that no one in Major League Baseball is ever going to do again for another 25 years maybe. Um, seventy forty. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, this is we've seen this in baseball. This is what I love about the game of baseball. Doesn't matter how many games you play, but we've seen this from the Dodgers, time in and time out. We've seen it now from the Braves. You get over a hundred wins, you have one of the best records in Major League Baseball, if not the best. Mm-hmm. And then you lose. You go out in the division round. Yeah, lose.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Didn't score
2: any runs. The two most winningest teams in Major League Baseball, actually three, three. Oh, I take it back. Are all gone? Atlanta Braves were eliminated by the Phillies in three. Mm-hmm. The Baltimore uh, uh, Orioles, who were third, were swept. Yeah. And then you have the Dodgers, who is the second hottest team, you know, in baseball, second half best best team in baseball. They also <laughs> swept. were swept by the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah love playoff baseball.
1: It's, just, it's 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 nuts. If you look, if you didn't enjoy this moment uh last night that I want to talk about here, you just don't like baseball. So, 7th inning, the Braves are trailing 3 to 1. Oh, yes. Here's the so this was look, let's I'm going to say something here. The Phillies, they caught some breaks because Don't they always? They do. They caught some breaks. Look, you could put it one way. They they got out of jams where they caught some breaks. In the seventh inning, they walk, and I'm trying to. I can't remember who uh, who is the bullpen guy who is in there. But seventh inning, bottom of the order, seven and eight hitters, seven, eight, nine. Let me say that. They walk the seven hitter. Walk the eight hitter. Walk the nine-hitter, bases loaded. You know who leads off for the Braves, Ron? Yes. Ronald Acuna Jr. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Walking the seven, eight, and nine-hitters, bases loaded to get to Ronald Acuna Jr. He, <laughs> so you put the the go-ahead run on. Just a great bat. So they bring in Kimbrel. They bring in Kimbrell, the closer. Oh, yeah,
2: it was Jose Alvarado, who right. str- struggled this year pitching the ball at times. Yeah.
1: Bring in the closer in the seventh inning. And got uh, uh, no choice. No, great battle, great battle between Kimbrel and Acuna. Acuna gets into one deep left center field, but it's tracked down on the warning track. That that was a great moment. Just bringing
2: your veteran closer, make him work, make yeah. him work. The guy, it's the right move. It was. Otherwise, will, they lose this ball game. Oh,
1: absolutely. That's that's the right move, like you said. High leverage situation. If you're not going to bring him in there, when do you want to bring him in?
2: Yeah, you don't. This is not a regular season game. No, you're not saving no. him
1: for the ninth. game to Face, no. face Vaughn Grissom. No, absolutely not. No. So, uh, that, and that was the game, basically, right there. You, or at least I thought it was. Top of the ninth, two run lead. Uh, what? Uh, Ron, when you have a two-run lead in the ninth. Other than giving up basically a solo home run, what do you not want to do as a pitcher? What's the last thing you want to do?
2: I would say the last thing you want to do as a pitcher, you're talking about in the top of the ninth. Or top, top of the ninth. Top of the ninth. You have a two run lead. You have a two run lead. You two run lead. Oh, you don't want to walk you people. You don't want
1: to walk You him. don't want
2: to walk people. <laughs> throw, strikes. throw strikes. Throw if you, strikes. If you walk them, the game's over. Yeah. Don't walk them.
1: Don't walk him. If you look. Hit him for crying out loud. Exact, don't walk them. Yeah. <laughs> Challenge him. If he hits one out, he hits one out. But yeah. at least ch- don't walk him. What does Soda do? Walks him. So eventually, so that brings the tying run to the plate. Braves have first and third, nobody out. First and third, nobody out. The Phillies get out of it. Nobody scores. The Braves fans just have to be dying. Just have to be dying. So many, you have chances, just couldn't cash in, um, but look, things are going well for the Phillies, and that's look. I'm excited for the uh, NLCS because both teams are red hot. Diamondbacks and the Phillies are playing great baseball. Um, and then beyond that, just two athletic teams. The Diamondbacks love to run. It's going to be a really fun
2: series. The Phillies are going to be in a lot of trouble if they walk people against oh, this Diamondbacks offense.
1: No kidding.
2: You can't can't play around. Can't can do that. No, a
1: walk to Corbin Carroll he puts know, him in scoring position.
2: Yep. You can't. I'm I'm not going to say it's like the Braves. Because Ronald Kuna Jr. is kind of like the anomaly of just he makes up a lot, but this Diamondbacks team will run all over you if you do that. Lots of speed, don't play around with it. But to me, you have the ultimate X factor. You got Bryce Harper. Yeah, nineteen at bats this season, seven runs, seven hits, three home runs, five RBIs, one stolen base. His listen to this. His his batting average right now is a point three six eight. His uh, his um opponents' uh you know his o- OBP is .538, and then his OPS is 1.380. Holy cow. This guy, I keep telling you, guy's yeah. a walking bomb. Can't pitch to him. By the way, Nick- He also leads the postseason to walks again.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, in that first inning, you saw Strider, man. Went 2-0 on it. He didn't want anything to do with Absolutely Bryce not. Harper.
2: Well, that's why y'all walked twice. And yeah. what did I tell you? I said, I said, either he's going to pitch directly at him, and Bryce is going to go for it, mm-hmm. or he's going to walk him. Yeah. He'll take his chances with anybody else. You Number three, just he puts... It's like the Warriors with threes, and I, I'm not saying he's that, but he, he's like that, man. Those threes hurt. These home runs, they hurt you. You saw last year. You saw the Padres. They yeah. hurt. Mm-hmm. They hurt you, man. Every time Bryce got up there, just the ball was going yard. Yeah. They hurt. They
1: and that's where the walks kill you, too, because you can live with a solo home run. Absolutely. Three-run Castellanos run.
2: had two of them yesterday.
1: Castellanos, real quick, two home runs last night. Two home runs in Game 3. It's the first time in postseason history that a guy's hit four home, run, hit yep. home runs. Hit two home
2: runs. And two home runs in two postseason two, games. Two, back yep. to back. Yep. Uh, unbelievable. Love that for him. He's been a great player. He's moved around a lot. Reds, uh, Cubs, mm-hmm. Tigers. He sort of got drafted, started off at. So good to see him have a home with the Phillies and make work. Because okay. he's always been, I don't want to say superstar, but he's always been that all-star level player that can take you to the next level. Yeah.
1: By the way, that Phillies crowd, I don't know. There was a video. So Arcia, the the controversy or, or whatever but between him and Harper. Arcia was quote was uh, kind of making fun of Harper in the uh, Braves clubhouse after Harper got doubled off to end game two. So then Harper st- stared him down after he had a couple of runs Close yeah, quote. in game three. And so last night, there's video. Phillies fans, obviously, all over Arcia while he's in the dugout. Just all over him. Who knows what they're saying? Phillies fans are insane. But Arcia, man don't engage. You don't engage with the fans. Yeah, just let it, it go. makes it worse. I know you're
2: it man. It makes it worse. Just leave it, dude. But
1: Arcia did not leave it alone. <laughs> he was turning around, screaming at fans, uh, making gestures. Uh, <laughs> uh, finally, Ronald Acuna like, put his arm around him and, it was, and basically, look, man, just...
2: The captain leader of the team used to come in, hey, yeah, calm your guy down. And I get it. That doesn't mean that fans don't say stuff, because they do. Mm -hmm. Fans say stuff all the time that's out of pocket. That should not be said, but yeah.
1: Yeah, and we don't. Exactly. Look, Philly has a reputation. They're probably saying stuff that... Should not be said, yeah. like like
2: you said. Absolutely. But, I mean, Russ or Westbrook got popcorn thrown at him at a Sixers game. Yeah. Someone threw a water bottle, I think, and other stuff. Like, it's out of pocket. They threw it's
1: batteries like, at JD Drew. Literally
2: 100%. Like, I remember the Russ walking through the tunnel, popcorn and water just right at him. He's like, and I'm, I'm what you expect a guy to do? Guy, human, don't care if they play professional sports, a human can only take so much. But I, if I could imagine what they're saying, it wasn't anything, you know.
1: Yes. Nice. It wasn't, it wasn't, uh, you're no good. Uh, So, yeah, that was an insane video. Um, Real quick, before we take a break, so so the NLCS gets underway Monday night, uh, 6 o'clock star, I believe. And then ALCS, Sunday night, Rangers, Astros. This is going to be a great series. These two teams battled it out in the regular season. They tied for the division for the division in the uh, AL West and the Astros took it because of a tiebreaker, the first time MLB has used those rules. Yep. Uh and these two fan bases, look, they haven't been in the American League together for very long. They don't they don't particularly care for each other on.
2: <laughs> they don't. These two teams hate each other. I'm just gonna say it right now. Um it would please my heart nothing more than to see the Rangers just sweep the Astros. Yeah. But that's not gonna happen. Very well coached. And sucky part is I got a lot of respect for Dusty Baker. Love, Love Dusty. Dusty. Dusty's a Hall of Fame coach. He's gonna get a jacket. Mm-hmm. Um You know, and and they hired Dusty to turn this around because of everything they needed to. And it sucked. And people still hate Houston because of what happened. But Dusty was the right guy to bring it in. He said, it ain't going to happen around me. We're not allowing that. He's a no-nonsense guy. You seen that when he was in Chicago. You seen that when he was in Cincinnati. He's been all the way. Guy knows how to coach. So I want the Rangers because they haven't been in so long. But Something's telling me this is going to be a rematch of the 2022 World Series between the Phillies and Astros.
1: I I don't think you're wrong. I the Astros are just
2: another seven, level, man.
1: Another level. Seven straight years they've been in the ALCS. It's ridiculous. That is that's that is incredible. Especially we've talked about it when you consider what a crapshoot the playoffs are. Yeah, they've gone through they've gotten the division series every year, or, or won the division series every year. So yeah, that Sunday night ALCS. Rangers, Astros um, that'll be a great one we'll take a break, we're going to come back on the other side, we're going to talk some NFL week 6, look at the matchups maybe make some picks, you are listening to Valley Sports Talk, Jordan Bianucci and Ronald Weaver in for Bryce Larson on ESPN 960 ok, round 2 name something that's not boring, a laundry ooh, a book club computer solitaire, huh? ah oh.